Hey everybody and welcome to the Rogue Rebels Podcast. I am Sal and I am here to talk to you about guess what? Uh, I know shows are over and you guys are like, what are we going to do? Like, There's no more Star Wars. There is Star Wars. Trust me, I have people here with me to talk to you about it. It's not just me. Like this, this, like you guys don't understand. Like you gotta, like this is not Star Wars just like delivered to you, man. You just like open that little veil, that little curtain and like take a little peek into the uh, books, comics, video games world. And there is a treasure trove of Star Wars available to you. So with me, I have a special guest, Laura from Force Toast. That's me. I'm here. I'm people. You mentioned you have people and that is me and I'm happy to be here. You're people that know about Star Wars. (laughs) I do. I try to keep in in the know of Star Wars and it's much easier to do when I love what I'm reading, watching, listening to. And in this case, the High Republic, I love it all fairly indiscriminately. So I'm pumped. Yeah, it's 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 really uh, hitting its stride. And now this is kind of our first dive into phase two. We're going to be talking about Convergence, which is the Zoraida Cordova book, which is like the. I don't know, I guess you'd call it like the Big Del Rey offering. Because even within the like, you know, people are like, well, Star Wars is only movies. And then now they're like, well, Star Wars is like TV shows also. But I don't watch cartoons. And then like, well, Star, there are Star Wars books, but I don't read them. Uh, and then if you go to like the books, then people are like, well, I don't read the young adult ones. So like, <sighs> it just keeps getting worse yeah, and worse it, the farther you every, go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> no matter where you are, somebody's like put a little door there. It's like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, uh, yeah. And you're listening to two people who love the cartoons, like, mm-hmm. in a really, 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 really big way. So don't tell us that you don't watch the cartoons, because we will be offended by that. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Don't do that to me. Say it to my face. <laughs> watch what happens on Twitter. <laughs> Probably not a whole lot. I will not like your tweet, sir or ma'am. Boom. It will go unliked. Mm-hmm. That's it the will best go I can do. One less heart for you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, but Convergence is the Del Rey book, so, you know, uh, but technically this, the phase two of the High Republic started off with Path of Deceit and Hidden City, uh, sorry, Quest for the Hidden City, which was like the YA and the middle grade books. Um, from what they've been saying at some panels and stuff, they're saying that like, like if you just follow the YA books, it's sort of like a complete-ish story. Okay. And then if you just follow the like Del Rey books, it's a completed story. And then if you just follow the middle grade. So I'm guessing what that means is like most of these books are going to follow the same characters. Yeah, um, that's fair. I'm like, I did they say that same thing about phase one? I don't remember hearing that. Yeah, anywhere. they didn't say it like that. Um, okay. But they kind of were like for the most part. But then like if you uh, like, you know, uh, what's her name? Vernestra Rowe was introduced in the middle grade books, mm-hmm. but then jumped up to the YA books. You know, by the second wave or whatever. Um, and then sort of, I think, went back because like by the last thing, it's a it's a she's in a middle grade book again. Yeah. For the most um, part, she was like, yeah, I think the. Yeah. Was it YA or middle grade? I don't remember. But she also like she had a little cameo in the comic line, the adult right, comic right. line. So I'm like, yeah, she was yeah. kind of all over the place. And I feel like with the fa- the first phase, you kind of you at least needed to read adult and young adult like maybe you could have skipped over i guess a little bit of the middle grade but like you kind of needed all of that and that's interesting that they're sort of doing a different approach with phase two yeah i'm curious to see i think we're still gonna have that like what i call bleed over Mm -hmm. which is like 
how, mm-hmm. you know, like you're saying, Vernestra shows up in the comics. It's not really necessary that you know who she is. But if you read yeah. the books, you're like, oh, Vernestra just kind of drenched you in half. How dope. Yeah. You know. Or for me, anytime Orbelin showed up, I was like, yeah. <laughs> Do you have, who's your glup shitto from phase one? Ooh. Do you have one? I don't want to put you on the spot. No, I'm like, that's a, that's a little bit on the spot for me. I don't know if I have a, a glup shitto from. I, I, maybe I, like, I think Orbelin is mine. Yeah. And that's, I think that's really the perfect answer if we're being honest. Yeah. I'd have to give it some thought, honestly. Uh, it's either that or Nuran Bakarakana, just because I like saying your name. <laughs> It's a solid name, and you nailed it. You got, I think you got the pronunciation totally yeah, right. I've been I have practicing to go off of. at home nice. in my room often. You know, a lot in front of, of a uh, mirror. Yeah, theater kids, theater kid training right there. Boom. Amen. Uh, real quick on the business, go check us out at theroguerebels.com. Go like our Facebook page. We are our Instagram, TikTok, and when Hive comes back, we're gonna be there. I promise. At the Rogue Rebels, uh, we're Rogue Rebels fam on Twitter, which is still on fire, but we're still there. Uh, like Sephiroth turning into the flames. Uh, let's see. My daughter has a podcast. It's called Star Wars Geek Girl. Go check them out because they've been doing a bunch of that Andor stuff. And actually, I was on the last episode for the finale with Steel, where we talked about smacking people in the face with bricks of the fallen. And I don't think there's a better uh, thing to be talking about, uh, to be quite no. honest with you. Yeah, that, that's it. That's all anybody's talking about right yeah. now. And all they should be talking about. Exactly, exactly. I, I'm glad for it. I'm here for it. Now that we're done with Andor, diving into the books. Uh, Laura, where can people find you on the webs? Well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at shutup underscore Laura. You can find my podcast at Force Toast to Star Wars Happy Hour uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Force Toast Pod. And then the show that I do with John Roca on his channel is called uh, The Jedi Way. And you can find that on his channel on YouTube. Um, I am also on Hive, and I just learned just now from you, Sal, that ha- Hive is is down. I yes. guess for the t- it's down for the count for the time being, which yes. is very sad. Not like for the count. They're like, hey, we're like fixing stuff, like for real fixing stuff. But Good. you know, like uh, I don't know. They're saying like, remember when like Twitter got leaked or hacked, and they were just like, whatever. They're like. <laughs> They're like, we haven't got like leaked or hacked, but we're like shutting it down. We're fixing all the security stuff before that happens. So no, that's yay. fair. And that's I'm a like, good move. All right, that's good. Yeah. You know, and I hope it also takes like some of that loading time down because I like Hive, but also it's kind of slow for us Android people. It's, I mean, it's a, honestly, I think it's a little slow for for iPhones Is too. It everybody? And okay. it's it's a great site. Honestly, I really like it, but. Yeah, they definitely have some like improvements yeah. that they could do. And it's kind of one less place for us to have to post. So that's mm-hmm. kind of nice. We're off the hook for a little bit. Let's <laughs> little silver bit. lining this. Yeah, I like I like the energy there. So uh, <laughs> I hope that continues. Uh, Same. You know, I, I was talking to somebody last week. I forgot. And they I saw a post on somebody I follow and they were like, this is great. When do the terrible people arrive? <laughs> <laughs> and I was oh, like, shortly after the good yeah, ones did. that's that's pretty much it you know uh followed by you know hey if i blocked you on other apps don't try to follow me here yeah uh, yeah. yeah same here good times uh all right i mean look like my spoiler free of this book is i really 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 like the characters it it's uh it really focuses on these it, it the the plot focuses on iram and erino and the the war that's happening there and the characters involved. So in some ways I feel like this is way smaller of a story than like we're used to in these like big Del Rey high Republic books that usually are 
very grand and galaxy uh, spanning. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I think we're kind of laying the foundation in here, though. So I imagine it's like by the end of this phase, it'll maybe feel a little bigger. But for right now, I totally see that. That yeah, it feels a little small. Yeah, but I love the characters. They're all extremely like well done. The scenes are beautiful. All of their interactions and the like the depth to the characters is really, really, really good. Yeah, they're super fleshed out. It's great. Yeah. So so I, I really enjoyed the book. Um, some of the, like, it, like by the time you get to whatever the third act or whatever, like stuff starts getting a little crazy. Yeah. And, uh, I'm hoping either, like, I'm not sure if I, I missed stuff or if stuff is just going to be picked up in later books <laughs> because like, that's how crazy it got. And like, not complicated. I don't want to use that word because it doesn't feel that way. It feels really well done. And the, uh, the resolution feels good and real and the story is great. But also there are like a few things where I'm like, wait, what happened with that guy? Oh, okay. Yeah. You know. This one's definitely worth a reread because I did not, I I like had started rereading kind of, or re-listening to essentially the beginning of it. I didn't reread the entire thing a second time, Mm -hmm. but there was so much stuff that I did not pick up on the first time through reading this. So I was very pleased with going back and actually rereading at least the beginning again. I imagine okay. reading the second half again will be the same thing because Alice and I talked a little a little bit about this on our show, but the the end does feel a little bit rushed for me personally. Okay. Um, and I think she kind of felt the same way too. But it just feels we're just like cutting from person to point of view to point of view to point of, like the kind of very yeah, quickly. Yeah, yeah. So when you're listening to the audiobook, it's a little bit. I think it's harder to sort of stay with it but that's that's really like a that's kind of a me thing when it comes to the audiobook stuff i just kind of prefer that that medium right 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 but all in all like i really really enjoyed the book and like you said it's definitely worth a reread i went the other way i like went back to the end of the book to really figure out all those things that i was like because once you know i guess for a majority of the book the characters are together yeah. And once they sort of split up and you're following, I'm like, wait a minute, who am I? Okay, that, now it's this. Okay, now it's that guy. Okay, now it's her. Now it's him. Now it's who. Yeah. Um, so I think that's where uh, I was getting really like confused. But then like some of the stuff is really, really well done, and a lot of the resolutions are really nice. And uh, I really, I really like the main characters. Like the main four characters. Yes. Are super well done, and I don't know if half of them are going to show up again. <laughs> uh, yeah. But like. Man, they're cool. That's yeah, awesome. I'm in the same boat. I mean, there was like a there were a couple of instances where I really wanted to before this book came out, and I was almost done with it. Um, reading the advanced reader copy, I I really wanted to be like, I am absolutely terrified to finish this book. Um, because <laughs> I am so afraid of what is going to happen to these four main characters that I absolutely love. I mm-hmm. fear for them so much <laughs> in where I am in the story. Um, but ultimately, I finished and. Um, we'll get into spoilers a little bit, you know, obviously later, but in terms of non-spoiler review, I'm in the same boat. I fucking love this book. I mean, this book had like everything for me. It checked a mm-hmm, lot of boxes mm-hmm. that like that forbidden romance, that kind of, um, not really a little bit of enemies to lovers, but not the enemy it's light on enemies. Like right, right. that whole component of it is just so well done. And you said it already at the, these characters are so well established in this story. They feel so real and they feel like you've known them 
for ages in like the political clashes and you've got this like Coruscanti prince and you've got these royals from this other planet. It just has mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. there's there's kind of the perfect amount of like space battle content because that's one yeah. of those other things I kind of struggle with in these books sometimes is like especially with like the Thrawn novels like too much space battle for <laughs> me is it, it it doesn't take much for it to cross over that right, line right. and this book didn't cross over that line at all there's for me al- it all yeah. is mostly pretty grounded which I really liked there's almost like a uh, like an, another level like on on Thrawn books specifically like you go yes. from <laughs> Sometimes you're reading, I don't know, an Alphabet Squadron book and you're like, oh, okay, I can follow these two people doing, you know. But then once you jump to Thrawn, he's like, well, the fleet is going to do this, but on the other side, you know, like, and then it's like a whole nother level because now you're dealing with like fleets against each other. Yeah, like, I was actually going to say like, yeah. oh, yeah, the Alexander Freed like Alphabet Squadron's a little bit like that for yeah. me too. But now you're like, oh, no, it's not. I'm like, yeah, for me, it kind of is still I too would, much space battle. Yeah. I, like in my head, the first answer was like a Rogue Squadron book, like the old Legends book. Yeah. But I wasn't sure yeah. if that would uh, reverberate the same way. So I yeah, kind of jumped to what example I have in canon now. Yeah, there's, <clears throat> you know, the High Republic, yeah. I think, has done a really, really good job overall balancing that. I mean, even in like the Fallen Star, where there is a lot of it sort of taking place in space, it's also taking place a lot on Starlight Beacon. So it, it right. still kind of feels grounded in that. And I, I really appreciate that about the High Republic in general is that it's just it, it, there isn't too much of that. And when there is a lot of it, it's the descriptions are good enough that I can follow even in the audio format and not get too lost in uh-huh. it. And like, just speaking of audio format, Mark Thompson does his usual nails everything. Yes. And uh, a thing that I'm seeing a lot lately, and I I guess by lately, I mean probably like 2017, (laughs) 2019 maybe, is when they started using like not always Star Wars music in the audiobooks. Yes. Yeah. Um, And and particularly, I think like Crash of Fate was where I first noticed it and was like, oh, Oh, this is like really good. And Alphabet Squadron, I think the first Alphabet Squadron book, they also dove into some different yes. stuff. Uh, and I, I remember was like, that. Wow. Um, in this book, like it, in all the audiobooks, usually it's like used so well. And this book, I've I, they, I've heard because like, there's always like a little part of me that's like, I wonder what the reason did they not have the rights to blah 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 or this or that or that. Um, but they used Star Wars music in this book, and then they sometimes they didn't. So I was like, okay, like they just are doing whatever they want, whatever the engineer or, you know, whoever's director, you know, so that's cool. Like, and I liked it. I kind of, I think I don't like it when they use it to intro the book. Okay. Because like usually like the intro is like this real bombastic, like, da, 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 Star Uh, Wars Convergence, but it's like not Star Wars. Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, it's like immediately like, what? But then I'm like, okay, they don't want to use the regular movie kind of thing. But yeah. in the book, in the story, it always, like, it's noticeable in a good way. It's very effectively used in this book in particular, I yeah. think. There, I, I've talked about this a little bit with Alice, too, because sometimes we'll be like, why did they use Across the Stars there? That is really strange. Mm-hmm. Like, when mm-hmm. we've talked about some of the other audio stuff and any, any whatever they used in this book in whatever situations, it yeah. worked perfectly for me. In fact, some of it reminded me a lot of uh, A Crash of Fate, and I don't know... If that's like subconscious Zoraida Cordova writing or if like they maybe use similar music or you know what I mean? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I remember when I was doing A Crash of Fate, the audiobook, and being like, oh, this like really fits this moment. Like, and the, the, it's a really good audiobook. Um, 
And this one, I felt the same way. Like, oh, this is really cool for this particular scene. Yeah. yeah. And Mark Thompson does a great job, I think, yeah. in this. Um, again, I, I, I want to get more into some audiobook like observations, but I don't want to spoil anything. So I'm not going to say yeah. anything yet. But he, for the most part, nails it. There's like one character in particular that I feel like they changed from Path of Deceit in the audio. <laughs> and I'm just like not real thrilled about the change. But... Understood. <laughs> I we'll think I have there. the same one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that character was way more pronounced. <laughs> yes. In the other book. Yeah, and we're on the same one, page here. It's like a bit part. And then you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Okay. Weird. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um, yeah, good times. I guess we should just jump to spoilers. Well, real quick, before I jump to spoilers, High Republic Phase 2, heavy on the romance in the beginning. Oh, God, I love it so much. Man. Oh, like, I'm so happy. Two out of three books, heavy on the romance. But well, I, I don't stuff. know, though. Here's the thing with this book, though, is that I feel like it's it's I don't think it's too heavy handed with it to the point where if you're not a romance person, you're still going to enjoy this book. Like, I mm -hmm. mean, Al Alice is one of those people who does not really get into the mushy stuff. She's not in Star Wars for that. It's kind of one of her least favorite things about any of the books in that we read or anything like, we I'm watch, call whatever. I'm going to out on the podcast right now. What's the matter, Alice? Out. You don't want to be loved? You don't like love? How? She just, she just doesn't <laughs> like the mushy stuff. But And she's she's very open about that. But she, I think, still sure. got a lot of enjoyment out of this book. And very and I kind of thought that, you know, they do a good job of balancing it where there's just not, they're just not too heavy-handed. It's not too mushy. You yeah. get, like, just enough that like it just leaves you wanting more you want them to dive a little deeper go a little farther if that's mm -hmm. what you're into and if you're not you're like it's just enough for you to like still right. enjoy the book there's plenty of other plots that are like totally action-packed or whatever or pew pew that will keep your like star wars interest if you're one of yes. those people who's like cool star wars is never romantic i love it uh well i guess what <laughs> i meant is that like after such a romance drought you know yes. after a uh a past Star Wars where we have like, you know, 10 couples maybe that we can come up with on the top of our heads out of thousands and hundreds of Star Wars characters. Well, especially with like, I mean, we're, just, we're coming off of Andor and that is not a component of Andor at all. Right, like, right. At all. So I was really missing that in my Star Wars to the mm -hmm. point where like when I was reading Path of Deceit, I was like, shit, I did not realize how absolutely starved for this that I've been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just a... Uh, I. Like, it's like two out of three books, like out the gate after like the last thing that I can remember is like, I don't know, Dark Disciple, Lost Stars and uh, uh, Crash of Fate, you know? Yeah, a, a little bit of like Elzar Avar stuff, but it's mostly one sided in yeah. phase one. So. Very understated. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, for a breath of fresh air, a lot of fun, very interesting and presumably, I'm guessing, is setting the stage for what's about to happen. But to be fair, that's how I felt at the end of Path of Deceit. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, okay, there's going to be a lot happening in Phase 2, or I don't know what. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, like, what's next? It's the Battle of Jeddah as the audio original, right? So, yeah. Like, yeah. so, like, I'm I'm pretty excited for that. I am a little bit slightly annoyed because we already have that cover for cataclysm so at least we have some idea of like right. who's coming out of that right the battle alive and what they're coming out of it with so it's mm -hmm. going to be uh an interesting 
ride, I think, by yeah, the time we, yeah. we finish that. So we'll get there though. Awesome. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm all, I've been all in on the High Republic since like day one and phase two is shaping up to be super interesting and fresh. Yeah. But like the beginning of phase one at first, you're like, wait, wait, who's this? Who's this? You know, that's another one yes. of these that we're picking up as we go. But, um, I guess let's just dive into spoilers, man. Ah. Um, the main characters in this book, Gela Natai is like the main Jedi girl and she's like a new knight. She hangs around with these like other two masters, Creighton's son and Charrel Roy, who is like a, a Syrian Jedi with a goatee or something. And they just always talked about his beard. And I was like, this guy's rad. <laughs> You're like, uh, this guy has one trait and it's a beard. Yeah. And he always comes in like, mm-hmm, very interesting. So he was very much the, uh, not the Obi-Wan. He almost felt like the Qui-Gon, had, right? He had a little Obi-Wan vibe too, I think. Yeah. Okay. I, pick, I was picking up on that. Yeah. He was, yeah, he's, he's like the, uh, the, the guy for that. And then there's like a, uh, one of their Padawans who I think is Enya. Cre- yeah. Creighton's son's Padawan is Enya. And she's like a very fun, bubbly little girl <laughs> Padawan, which is a great foil for this Jedi, Gelinatai, who has been through some stuff and takes her like Jedi job seriously, um, right away. That was fun. She does. I like Enya a lot. She does. She did bring some sort of fun energy because I think when it comes to like Gela and when it comes to like Ziri, we've got like these great women characters that are like very strong and very like, I don't like secure and established in who they are and what they're about. And then you've got Enya who's just kind of like bouncing around like a little bubble the entire book. Yeah. It's just great. <laughs> I don't even know how to like describe her. Like almost like a tight, like very much like, a mischievous Yoda energy, but like mm-hmm. an actual child, not a like 900 year old, just like punking fools all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that works. Cause Yoda's like an old man acting like he's a fool. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess Enya's not acting like a fool, but she's definitely like just having fun and enjoying being a Jedi, which like, there's nothing wrong with that. And that's great. You always see all these so over serious Jedi. Um, yes. She's very young and very fun. Yeah. Uh, so they are, they end up getting sent to basic. Okay. So Iram and Erano are these twin planets that are locked in a forever war, but apparently the forever war is like, kind of goes up and down and like the, the big, you know, the most recent phase of the forever war started like five years ago when the prince was killed slash died in over the prince of Erano died over Iram and that started up the like fighting, fighting again. Yeah, so this Forever War has really only been going on for five years, but it's been like, there's been tensions and there have been issues between the two planets like for decades. I mean, I think our main characters make references to like, this has been going on since like their grandparents, if not like well before. So yeah, it's been a while. It's like generational war. Yeah, to the point where like nobody knows really why anybody's what, how did it all start and why are they still fighting? And it's, it's kind of just this ongoing thing everyone's learned to live with without, they don't even question anymore, like why it's happening. Yeah. And it's very much like a, I think the first like scene we see on Erano is they're like in a planet and it's like all dusty and the rations are short. And then it's like, well, you know, ever since the war started, like we can't, you know, there's so much crap in the air because of all the fighting and blowing up stuff and. The rations are rationed now because we can't da 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 da. So the people are very much like, not like acclimated, but they're just like, well, you know, we're at war again. Everybody uh, put on your hoodies and rebreathers. 
Yeah, and it's kind of happening on Iram too. I mean, like the very beginning when we meet Fawn too, like he's handing out rations and like yeah. helping some of the like the poor people in like a sort of slum area of the planet. So it's like this is just like this ongoing thing that they've all learned to to live mm-hmm. with and or at least the royals have. I mean, you we don't spend a whole lot of time I think kind of on the ground level with some of these ordinary citizens kind of learning mm-hmm. what they're going through or we're mostly with our sort of main characters. Yeah. Um but it's yeah, it's really sad. I mean, like how long this has been going on. They've got this one moon that they all share and like there was a time in the past where like all three of these places were all sort of a united front. And now we're just in this like forever long mess. Yeah. Uh, The main characters are the heirs of these two planets. So Fantu is the prince of Iram and Ziri is the princess of Erino. And then like also like like this is like where the 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 uh, the themes of the book and duality and all that really starts to jump out like. Iram is like a water planet and like they're in danger of waves and they all do this. And like Erino is this very like stone rock red planet. They're like warriors and the other guys are like fishers or what? Like even the war, you know, they wear blue and they wear red. Like the, the, the very, I don't know, fire nation, like energy of this place. Yeah. Uh, the Thile fire yeah. squadron is the name of their squadron and they're, like established right. by Thile fires, like how they come of age. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I like that. Uh, I like the idea and then like how much it comes into play with like everything in this book. Cause even the characters themselves are like opposites. Like Ziri is a warrior trained from blah, 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 blah on Erino. And she's like the leader of the starfighter squadrons. And Fantu is like, he's like an orphan that was like adopted into the Royal family. And he's like, he he's not a warrior but he's like he goes and he helps people he helps all the you know he like when we meet him he's rendering aid and supplies and all that to people who need it so it's like even their opposites and it's i don't know it's really cool exactly yeah the fact that she's like the princess of this planet but she's also the captain in their military like she's got some major leia vibes uh ziri does i think through like a good part of this book i i just absolutely love her as a character I was like hooked from the very beginning. I was just like, I just want more. And then we got a good amount, I think of time and from sort of her point of view yeah. in this book, it was very satisfying. Yeah. And it definitely like, you know, the Jedi, her, him, and then the next character we're going to meet Axel. Like the book does do a good job of spending time with each of them. And those yes. are like the four mains that we learn from see in the book and all that. Axel is the child of the chancellor who like grew up on Coruscant being rich and he's like a spoiled guy and he just hangs out and gambles. And it seems like, like when he meets our main characters, like they all kind of hate him because like, they're like (laughs) this dude. And like, they're all torn by duty and this and that. And of course, like, you know, Gela who takes her job very seriously is like, what is happening? Oh yeah. The Um, fact that they're like on such opposite spectrums, like Axel Greylark and Gela, it's so funny. And he's also like kind of the equivalent of like a celebrity in this sort yeah. of day and age. I mean, he's like the subject of like tabloid fodder and he's yeah. like this very handsome, eligible bachelor. Um, and he's just, you know, wandering all over the galaxy gambling for the most part. Yeah. It's just kind of how he spends most of his time. Uh, look, I may have been watching too much Crown lately, but <laughs> this like kind of there were multiple points in this book 
where I was like, mm, this is very like royal family ish. Oh God, yes, um, yeah, yeah. So uh, Ziri at like there's where they get their shipments into like basically what's happening right now is the war on Iram and Erno that's been disrupting their planet for years or whatever is starting to affect hyperlanes and therefore affecting like other surrounding systems, therefore becoming a like a problem for the Republic. Right. Yes. So they're like, yeah. all right, like you guys need to chill out. Like, cause now shipments aren't safe. Like now other people are, you're affecting everybody else with your stupidity and nonsense. Yeah, exactly. Um, These two planets aren't officially part of the Republic, but that's why essentially chancellor Malo, the second chancellor where they've got, we've mm-hmm. got two in this time period. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what brings him out to the outer rim in the first place is he's got to be like, you know what? You guys can like stand divided amongst each other if you want yeah. to, but you cannot divide the galaxy the, the way that you're doing it now. Right, right. Uh, and that's another example of duality. You have Chancellor yeah. Malo and Greylark and Greylark is like, I do all the bureaucracy and kick it on Coruscant. And Malo's like, I like to go like visit the outer rim worlds and do that stuff. Like, yes, he also came from, I think, more humble beginnings than than Chancellor Greylark, like who, it, yeah. yeah, she's sort of noted for being growing up fairly wealthy, I think, on Coruscant yeah. in sort of high society. And he's like, I came from the planet Moncala and we dealt with wars constantly there. Mm-hmm. And here I am now kind of just like staying Sort of, he likes to kind of keep himself among the people, it sounds like, more so than spending a lot of time on Coruscant. He kind of leaves that to right. Chancellor Greylock right. for the most part. Um, yeah, really cool. Also really good characters and an interesting idea that we haven't seen before. Twin, not twin, but like double chancellors. Yeah, uh, That work yeah. together, that's kind of rad. I remember like reading the, I think it was like the phase two crawl the first time I'd be in like chancellors. Like, are there more than one so i was yeah i was sort of prepared but i was not prepared for how well i think the situation kind of works in this day and age to the point where i'm just like why did they not always have two chancellors it kind of makes yeah. sense that they would have one on Coruscant and one going around the outer rim it's a lot of job for one person you know one guy goes up to the senate and he's like look the other guy's a sith y'all like trust <laughs> me like i saw him so- yesterday all underground with a hoodie on it i know that chin anywhere um, Somebody had to hold that person accountable. Yeah. We didn't have that we in the age it. of the Skywalker. That's what happened. Yep. Uh, so Ziri's like taking her, she's leading her squadron and they're trying to get a shipment or something. And one of the ships is like sabotaged and it like goes over into IRAM space, which like they're not supposed to do. And then it starts shooting and the guy, you know, the pilot, it's a very much like, you know, this is like an older pilot that like she's been flying with forever and. Now he's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to retire tomorrow. Oh, no, my ship is like going crazy. <laughs> yeah, like this poor pilot loses control of his ship and they can't figure out why. And it's just the ship is just kind of like bucking around uncontrollably. Yeah. And when we get this, you know, we're in the middle of a three day ceasefire between the two planets, which apparently is the longest they've gone in a ceasefire in nice. like forever so it's just yeah unfortunately this is just a series of unfortunate events that we learn actually was caused uh, it was a purposeful thing that a, a, yeah. a group of people caused to happen but mm-hmm. yeah in trying to sabotage this whole ceasefire and peacekeeping exactly. between these two so the the pilot ship crashes and ziri in trying to go help the pilot also crashes on iran like yes. in the seas and then uh, you have you know Prince Fawn, too, who sees ships crashing and he's like, I'm going to go help. And he like dives in the water and he saves her and stuff. And she's like, what are you doing? Like, I'm from Arano. And he's like, I was just helping you. So like, 
right away, like at the especially in the beginning of the book, very much was the feeling was like, well, Erano sucks, y'all. Does is just me, or does Erano suck? <laughs> um, but as we get through the book, like you sort of see both sides. Oh yeah, like both sides suck a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but at the beginning, it's like, well, he's just like helping her, and like she's trying to fight, and like the king comes barging in to be like. Well, give me back my daughter and like, we will fight them to the, like, very much uncompromising and like angry king energy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's real old and real set in his ways. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the monarch of Arano, um, not not the best leader of the people, I don't mm. think. And he's not being advised very well, to be fair. No, no. Mm. He's got some, some devils on his shoulder, yeah. literally both yeah. shoulders, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's see. Zero. Oh, so like, yeah, he rescues, uh, Fontu rescues Ziri. The king of Arano is pissed. Uh, let's <laughs> like, see. How dare you rescue her? <laughs> oh, so yeah. So like the viceroy and like all the captains are like, okay, let's go attack Iram. Aha, for Ziri. Meanwhile, Ziri is taken to the queen. You know, Fontu takes, takes her to his mom. And she's like, look, like. We're going to give you back. We're trying to have this peace conference. The Republic has already come in over orbit and stuff and all this. And like, you know, please tell your dad that you're coming home and like not to attack us. But he's like not answering the comms or something like that. She's like, I left three messages. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. yeah. And we're also seeing little scenes of these people that are path of the open hand that are like kicking it around Iran. Yeah, we get a couple of, like, um, children, I think, or really one of them is a child or one of the mother's Mm -hmm. children or whatever. The other one, I think, kind of becomes one officially a little bit later in the story. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, we've got a couple of them sort of doing her bidding on the sly through a lot of the book. And you still don't, like, you most of this book, if you don't pick up Path of Deceit, you kind of don't really know what it's all about. And even now you're still like not exactly sure, but you know that you know that they're all sort of putting these people in the hands of the mother and the path. But you're just not sure why. At least I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. We um, learn um basically later on that like these two people have are the ones who later who sabotage the Arano pilot ship right, that right ultimately causes Ziri to crash. And I think they were, if, if I recall, I think they may have been like sort of aiming for her. Yeah. I think they got the wrong ship or it was supposed to be her ship or something like that. Yeah. Um, that way, like she would die, you know, just like her brother. And then like the king would just be like, ah, fight forever or whatever. Yeah. And then they would be like profit or however that works. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's that second question mark that I don't get. <laughs> yeah. Um, But like it's clear that they're like manipulating events here on these planets or something like that to, to further their own ends, which we're still not sure exactly. Yeah. And they kind of got involved because it sounds like the queen, the queen of Iram ultimately went to them for aid because again, this war has been going on forever. So we right, have, right. we have her going to them for rations and for medical supplies and things like that. And they, they provide all of this help and they mm-hmm. don't ask for anything in return. And then of course, later the mother does, come and ask the queen for something in return um and the queen does not want to give her what she's asking for so she basically like kind of talks around it to try and get out of it and this is the mother in the path of of the open hand basically exacting revenge 
on mm-hmm. Iram is them coming in and sabotaging things sort of lightly throughout the book. Mm-hmm. And it like goes back a few and uh, goes back like and forth a few times. Like yes. some of the things that happened with the assassin, like there's like assassination attempts and people are getting killed. And then like uh, when they start trying to unravel this mystery, like of the ship in particular, they're like, oh, like it looks like it was placed by Iram. Well, it also looks like they made it like that because they was really Arano that were just like, so there's all this like weird second guessing of each side trying to figure out how to pin it on the other side and being like, well, we don't know for sure. Um, almost similar to like Brotherhood. If you read that book. Oh. Like there was a very much of like that same energy over there where they're like, well, it was the Republic. It's like their stuff. Well, but there's also, they found a whole other thing that said it was the Separatists. Yeah. Yeah. You know? No, that's good. You're kind of like, sort of guessing all over the place because you don't know who's good and who's bad you just kind of know that like these two young royals want everybody to come together but it kind of seems like them against both of their worlds yeah yeah um axel like his mom gets him out of prison or something because (laughs) he was gambling and the place was raided and he got arrested and then like he's like well you left me in there for like three days this must be serious (laughs) or something like he has a very strained relationship with his mother the chancellor yeah, major mommy <laughs> issues happening here. Although yeah. we do learn that it's sort of rooted in this whole situation with his father, yeah. who died, who knows how many years ago, because we don't know exactly how old Axel is in this right. at this part of the story. But his father died when he was less than twenty years old. They do mention that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Basically, because his mother, the Chancellor, sent Axel and his father on some mission, and the father subsequently dies, and mm-hmm. Axel blames her. And there's actually a really sweet scene, like after this, the same scene where she springs him from the joint, essentially, essentially, he does tell her, you know, like, I, I don't blame you anymore. And that actually like makes her tear up. But then we sort of get that last little thought um, from him right before the chapter ends where he's Mm -hmm. like, I don't blame her anymore. I blame the Jedi. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And like, it's a whole like heart pounding story and it's like he tried to save his father but his father was already dead so like the jedi just like force yoink him out or something like that and he's like they made me you know he's got like a sad story um but he really dislikes the jedi so this is going great for our book i'm sure so they (laughs) you know she's like i'm gonna send you there and then you can have your inheritance just do this mission go be my representative because malo didn't contact me or whatever um, yeah, she's like, you're going to be my spy, but like, don't tell anybody that you're yeah. my spy. You're just my representative because we want these two planets to join the Republic. So that's your story yeah. and you're sticking to that. Cool, cool, cool. So they go. Um, then meanwhile, back on the Jedi ship at Iram and Arano, like a bunch of stuff happens. The <laughs> like Viceroy and like somebody convinces somebody to like kill themselves by walking out the airlock. Yeah. And I thought that's the dude that. I thought that was the person that actually sabotaged the ship. But now I'm wrong. Yeah, no, that was... So I guess the person that sabotages... Or actually... So we the, the, is the person who sabotages the ship the same person that tries to... Assa- not assassinate the queen, but essentially confronts the queen? I think so. The uh, Kage girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I'm still not sure. Do we know which what those aliens look like? Has there been like an yeah, example of them uh, before? The episode, episode season four of the Clone Wars, <clears throat> episode Bounty, where Ventress fights with Boba Fett and the clone, uh, like she joins them to do a bounty hunting. Yeah. They go like to this planet underground. Okay. 
and if you remember, they're like kind of on a train. They're supposed to deliver a thing. And then she opens a thing and it's like there's a princess in there. And it's like he's getting delivered to she's getting delivered to the like the royal person who just wants her as his wife. And the Kage warriors that are coming to fight them like riding giant centipedes. They look like uh, ninja, very like ninja-esque. Yeah. Yeah. So like yeah, they have yeah. glowing yellow eyes and stuff. But the girl had pink eyes. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So that's what Kage look like. Yeah, because at one point they're sort of described as having like grayish skin or something. And I was like, I right. do not remember. I need to look this up. And then yeah. I didn't. So thank you for that. You're welcome. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I'm here for. Um, Yeah. So uh, there's a bunch of stuff happening. A guy kills himself by diving out the airlock. Uh, We also have the queen like uh, having contact with the open hand people. Uh-huh. And then you're like, oh, no. And then, like, Fawn 2 sees somebody in the corridor, and I think it's, like, the Viceroy or something, and he's like, well, that guy looks suspicious, but I can't chase him, or else I'll look suspicious. And then, like, what if, like, maybe I should just go to bed or something like that? And then, Yeah, like, he also, like, overhears Sugaru uh, and Ziri talking. She, he's, like, one of the captains or lieutenants or something in the military, mm-hmm. and I think he, like, kind of likes her. Like, were you getting that vibe, too? That he was like, at one point, he's like, hey, I want to talk to you about something. And she's like, can it wait? I'm busy. Like, and they, and they <laughs> never go back to it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if I got that vibe. I got the more like, look, you like you. This is what's really going on. Like, I get that a lot from him. He was like, the, well, oh, you can't trust them. Very much like that older negative influence yeah he did come <laughs> off as I, that's why i felt like icky about it because i was like he seems more like he's older than her like he's sort mm-hmm. of a mentor figure so i'm not maybe it was just like an audiobook delivery thing where right, i was kind right. of picking up on something that wasn't actually there but um unfortunately sugaru uh dies <laughs> at some point yeah. he's assassinated on the yeah. show fontu goes to bed and he's like ah it's a dead body <laughs> um and then everybody wakes up um but yeah so, and that's when Axel shows up and he's like, hey, what did I miss? Yeah. And, which is like also the best thing in the world because you have the like jerk that nobody likes showing up at the most serious like part of the show. And then like there's some stuff like I think it's when the uh, the Irono people like the royal like the king arrives and all that because uh, they show up with the drill ships and they're like, oh, no, what's going to do? What are we going to do? Um, and Gela gets in the ship. But she can't find a ship, so she ends up get taking Axel's ship because she's like, well, we'll take this one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then she runs into a dead body, which is the dude that threw himself out the airlock. Yeah, Braxton. Ah! That was his name. Yeah. And essentially, it's that Rev, or maybe it's not Rev, it's the Viceroy Farrell who comes to him and he's like, I have a mission for you. You're going to kill yourself. And he's like, okay. And that's kind of the end of that guy until yeah. Gela comes across his body in space. Yeah. Uh, so... They they all go back to the ship. Uh, <laughs> Axel is updated on things. And then I think, is this like when they sort of, when she, she when Ziri comes up with her idea? Um, I think that may have happened actually a little bit before this. So the, this peace summit goes on for a couple days and it's not mm-hmm. going well. I mean, we just have these two sides just like throwing accusations at each other. And like uh-huh. one day, I think one of them just like reads the names of all the dead soldiers off of like, a data pad and that's all that they do the entire day i'm like wow that's <laughs> yeah. super productive okay look the 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 one scene of malo practicing his little speech in yes. his room like peace <laughs> is a choice <laughs> like, and then like crickets when he actually delivers it is the best yes it's <laughs> he's he's trying he is trying to 
play his part in this, and sometimes it is more effective than other times. Yeah, that was good times. <laughs> that that's yeah, so real. Um, so yeah, what were you saying? She uh, that's. A- Oh yeah, so they so this these peace talks go on for a while. They're not going well, and essentially, uh, the the royals end up in a room with Gela one night where they're just like I think they're just like hanging out, kicking it or something. And mm-hmm. Gela tells them about, you know, there was actually a time in your past where your planets were at peace, and this sort of forever war was on hold for a little bit, and yeah. it was all because of a marriage between the two royal families of the planets, and that is what plants the idea in Ziri's head. Where she goes then the next day to the peace summit and was like, I have the solution. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. We get married. <laughs> she does not consult with Fontu before she does this. Wait, she basically yeah. just proposes right in the room in front of everybody. And he doesn't object. He's just speechless when it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hold on. Like when she first announced it, she's like, a, a, a wedding peace or something like that. And like the, you know, the queen is like, well, I already have a wife. Thank you. And then, like, the, you know, like, also, like, the king is too old for me. And he's like, I'm, like, five years older than you. you know, or so, <laughs> she's like, also like, and he's a man. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, so funny. And she's like, I, 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 I didn't mean you guys, obviously. Uh, I meant myself and the, like, prince. And then the prince is like, whoa. Like, yeah, totally speechless. But, like, a very, like, duty bound. Duty, like, he, he was like, no, that, that kind of sounds like a good idea. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they know. are both very committed yeah. to wanting pr- to, to protect their worlds, and the fact that this that this idea comes to the forefront, I think they're both like, well, that sounds like an easy enough way. And at this point, we've seen them, you know, we ha- we saw them have tension at the very beginning, and then we see them on, you know, going up into up into space into orbit above mm-hmm. the two planets. And Fontu has never left the planet before, and so he's scared. She's a captain of the military. She's flown all over the place. And so she actually, like, on their way up from Iram, like, she comforts him. Mm -hmm. And as he's, like, nervous and sweating and, like, nauseous. And she's just, (laughs) and she's there for him in that moment. And it's very, it's kind of that first moment of, like, it's very sweet kind of between the two of them. And that's kind of the first, like, hints that we get of, like, oh, there might be something kind of building here. Or there could potentially be something that, that goes right between these two yeah it's a weird like so the romance in the story like at least as far as the i don't know like it's in on the back cover of the book it's sort of billed as like oh this uptight jedi and this like devil may care playboy guy like are on a mission together so like i'm looking over there for the romance yeah and then when these people are like they're not they're not even mentioned by name because it's just like well the heirs have proposed this wedding peace summit so they're going to keep them safe so i wasn't really thinking of them as characters although like once you start to meet them they're clearly very cool yeah and they've got like great chemistry together i mean we don't even get i mean this is where I, i was kind of talking with alice about how like it just does not really ever get mushy it doesn't get physical it doesn't get like real emotional between the two of them for like most of this book they've got a very sort of platonic somewhat kind of keeping Mm -hmm. their distance but like gradually as the story goes on like at one point gela sort of observes that they like kind of sit closer and closer together and it's just like it builds very slowly and organically in such a sweet way and i just loved that part of this story 
Yeah, and very like organically, it, none of it's ever seemed forced or like no, nothing right. like that. And they were both very like like hesitant is not the word that I'm looking for. Cautious, I guess maybe like cautiously respect. Like they were both very like well, like we are doing this for like duty, so like we don't yeah. like or, or considerate of each other's feelings. I think might even be better. Yeah, they weren't yeah. trying to rush each other. You know. Not at all. And um, it was just, it was adorable. And I mean, it wasn't well like, it, I think that would have been, I guess I would have, it, it's kind of hard to believe it. Cause it's like, these people I think are both like in their twenties. Like it's sort of alluded to at some point that she's half the age of one of the Queens. So like she must in the queen is 60. So mm-hmm. she must be, Ziri must be like in her twenties or something. And I don't think we ever learn exactly how old Fawn two is, but Rough. I we would assume. I think around the same age. I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely that. And um, let's see. So like they sort of decide like okay, well then they're gonna get married. They convince their parents that that's okay. Malo is like, good job, Malo, <laughs> which is like the best thing in the world. <laughs> so I, I knew you could do it. Um, they go to like a funeral of the the dude Sigaru. Yeah. And like you get to see a little bit of the burial rites over there, how like they're entombed in these weird towers. Yeah. That was interesting. Yeah. It's that's and that's one of the things that I really enjoyed about Andor too, is like we do get to spend some time like sort of getting to know some of the culture and the traditions yeah. Yeah. of these worlds. And that part of any kind of Star Wars storytelling is cool because it just grounds everything in a world of space battles. It makes every, it brings everything down to earth a little bit. It's just, it's always yeah. a nice touch. Love that. And I loved like, cause as we go through, we sort of travel through more of the world. Yeah. Um, so really seeing like a lot of those people, like even in the beginning when Fontu is like helping his people, you see that, Hey, they're fishermen. They're this. Cause it's a water world. That's what they do. Hey, these other people have these other cultures. They all carry around their little knives, which is a, a, a hilarious <laughs> thing and great thing. Um, so they start to make their plans and they're like, okay, like as a symbol, like you guys should go and like distribute aid. Also, we know somebody's trying to kill you. So like we need investigators slash protectors. Gela and Axel go with him. Why Axel? I don't know, but they're like, (laughs) they're like, well, he's going to be like the Republic's like representative is what they like say. You know, a Jedi and a Republic's representative, but I'm still like, that doesn't make any sense, but okay. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just go along mm-hmm. with it. But it it's, works out for the best because number one, Axel's a great character. So it's, it's just oh, an yeah. excuse for us to spend more time with him. And number two, he sort of builds this sort of, you know, this friendship, not only with Gela, he builds this great friendship with Fawn too. That is like, there's a little bit of like one-upmanship that kind of builds right. into it right. at some point. That's kind of funny. It's like, just kind of bordering on the line of like getting like toxic masculine like it's it doesn't get there it doesn't get quite there but their relationship is just really funny and really sweet to the point where like it almost kind of seems like he's in a sort of best man-esque but not really role when it comes to the wedding at the end it's just cute i really appreciated their friendship throughout the story as much as i did of uh, of axel and gala together too. for sure for sure and like that stuff is like really really funny and it's always done in like this little way it's like well you know uh you know fun too would like take out a box two of supplies and axel would take out two boxes like they're like <laughs> competing lightly as they help people and it's just like silly and funny yeah um it's good stuff the so like they're traveling around uh Arano, i believe 
For yeah, I think a good chunk of it is Arano because that's where like the sort of like challenge I think comes in with Siri. Yeah. Like that's where they are for that whole section of the book. And then I think there's a part where Fawn too disappears into quicksand or something later. I mean, is that yeah. ha- that's happening on Arano too, right? Yeah, he like falls in a hole. They can't find him, and then he comes <laughs> back like covered in scorpions, and he's like, okay. So, like, this is fine, right? Like, the scorpion. Because <laughs> I guess, like, you know, like, they have these scorpions, and it's the, the thial fire or whatever. Scorpions. But on Iram, they're poisonous. So, like, on his planet, like, they can't mess with the scorpions. But on their planet, it's like, oh, they're just cool. They're just cool when yeah. you eat them sometimes. Right on. Uh, <laughs> he so comes that back, was funny. Like, dressed as the scorpion king. And, yeah, yeah I, I guess that makes him thial fire made. Which is great, because the, Ziri is like, yo... That's awesome because like my I my people just tried to kill me in this challenge and that sucks but like I still want their approval and I want them yeah. to approve him. Yeah. So it works out. Yeah. So like once they go to render aid and one guy's like, "Well, like you're not you're like Iran person now cuz you're like marrying an Iran person. You Iran person." <laughs> uh, and then he like challenges her to a duel. And then like Gella's like, "No, no, no, I got this." And then she's like, no, 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 it has to be me. And then Fontu is like, well, I will save you because I'm like, I'm hella noble. And she's like, nah, dude, just chill. It's, I got it. I got this. And then she like beats up the guy and like, you know, wins the challenge. And then Axel's like, cool, here's the money. We, I bet on you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so it's like everybody's part in that one little duel. Like that just shows you their characters. Everybody yep. tried to defend her except Axel who bet on her and then distributed the winnings evenly. <laughs> Uh, oh, I love this Motley crew. Gela, Axel, Ziri, Fontu. This yeah. foursome is just so much fun. And I think it's right after that whole that whole part of it that I like made a note of like, oh, I'm having so much fun of, in this, yeah. this book. I'm it, loving it so much. It's it's great. And like all of his little, he has all these little stingers to a lot of these because, you know, it's a Star Wars book and you're going through a lot of these serious situations. And Axel being there and just saying some like wry <laughs> little like defeatist comment at the end uh, is usually really really funny and perfectly placed in whatever the situation is it is and he also Um, has these little great moments of like vulnerability where you very much see the sort of like kind of crush that he has on Gela mm -hmm. building in these really really sweet ways I mean at at one point he like he gets really upset at like a look that she gives him when he kills a bunch of of soldiers that were like firing on them and he like saved her life and mm-hmm. he's just like mad that she is mad at him. It's just yeah. like he just he's got this like little crush and it's just really sweet. It it's so good. But it's all yeah, like and s- there's so much of this that like builds on itself in that way. Like, you know, at first it's like, oh, here he comes again, and like they all sort of give it, you know, and then like by that part that you're talking about, he's like, Oh, you're making the like, I can't believe what you just did, Axel face. And she's like, yeah. What? And he's like, Yeah, you got three faces. You got the, like, I've gotten the burden of the galaxy face, I'm a serious Jedi Knight face, and I can't believe you just did that Axel face. <laughs> you know? He, like, calls her out on all her faces. And it's Which like, is great, because it's yeah. like we already know at this point that he blames the Jedi for his father's death, and he right. has this grudge against Jedi in general, and she's slowly, without ever meaning to, without ever having any intention or knowing this information about him, is, like, is just breaking down every sort of thing that he has in his mind about what the Jedi are and what they're about. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just kind of gradually, like slowly improving his opinion of the Jedi yeah. overall, just by being herself. And it's really cute. Yeah. Yeah. 
And like, just throughout the book, whenever they talk about it, like he's described in this way of like, he just sort of comes in and like throws himself on the chairs. Yeah. So if you saw this picture of Bugs Bunny leaning on a thing in the, in the uh, notes, that's my uh, live look at Axel sitting somewhere right now. That's 100%. That's major Axel vibes in yeah. this picture. Well done. That's it. That's all I could think about every time he like came in and sat down somewhere because it's always described so like vividly. Yeah. And like at one point, even like all three of them, they're like, does he have to come in and throw himself everywhere? <laughs> like, There's a line just like that. And it's like just so perfect. Like even his, even his like, I don't know, his uh, gestures and, and, you know, his like the way he carries himself even is so like, eh, like devil may care. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's such a, an unused trope because you have like Han Solos and pirates, but they're not like. It's not like they don't care. It's like they don't care about you. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, they've got like a cockiness to them. Yeah. But it's different than this because Axel's got this sort of cockiness to him that's very aloof. Yeah. It's not quite the same as like a Han Solo situation. It's just and it's a little bit more like elevated in that he's he's at least in like the audiobook, he's got sort of this like proper rich man little voice like it's just kind of like a little bit higher pitched and it's got a little accent and it's just it's just perfect it's very very well done yeah yeah in in final fantasy people he might be like a setzer or a balthier uh i I hope king tom and haws are listening so that they can be like yeah everybody else i'm sorry i hope that they're listening too because i don't (laughs) understand that reference so i'm i'm Uh, just gonna cheer for it yay 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 setzer um (laughs) Let's see. Yeah. So as they're traveling, they're obviously getting to know each other. Like you said, they're Gela and Fontu are sitting closer and closer and closer a little bit each day. Or uh, Ziri and Fontu. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ziri and Fontu. Sorry. Uh, like Axel throws a yogurt fruit off the ship for some reason because he's like allergic <laughs> or something. Like at one point, and I'm like, all right, like, just don't touch it, bro. Yeah, you could just not eat it. But it's so funny. And this is very much like I picture him like walking. Well, hello, everybody. You. And then like, <laughs> whoop. <laughs> uh, it's just so funny. Like so, so many of the visuals and the moments of joy from this book are Axel. Yes. And so it comes to the moments of heartache. Oh, yes. Uh, there's a really cool story because they're talking about their like legends. And Fontu is like, well, you know. Our seas were created by this, like, the god that swam through and it created the waves and the mountains and this and that about the planets. Then they're asking Gela. And they're like, do you have any, like, stories, like, from your home? And she's like, describe home. Yeah. Um, which comes up a few times. Yeah. She's like, uh, I don't really yeah. have a home. I guess the Jedi Temple, question mark, yeah, is she's, my home? She's like, my master would tell me this story about this Jedi who wanted to, like, see the whole galaxy or whatever so they told him to like travel on the seam of the galaxy until you reach the end but as he traveled you know his like he ran into people that needed help and so would like take all these detours and stuff and then at the end it's like maybe you did do it like and then axel's just like that sounds really sad (laughs) (laughs) it's like the worst story i've ever heard um yeah he's like man jedi are depressing there's really, really well distributed bits of humor in this book. Most of it comes, I think, from Axel's part. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. overall, it's very, yeah. it, it's just really, yeah. it's really funny. This book is so 
enjoyable in so yeah, many ways yeah. and the humor is just one of them like i do give a lot of points to fontu showing up covered in scorpion so much that they don't even know what he is they think he's a monster <laughs> fontu in general also provides a lot of like humor for me yeah. just in that he's a little he's a little bit of like a himbo just a little bit like <laughs> i don't want to say it but okay <laughs> it's not to the point of like elzar man yeah. but he's got a little bit of elzar man himbo vibes mm -hmm. going just not quite to the same degree <laughs> It's yeah. just really charming, though, and really yeah. funny. And but cute. he's, like, so devoted to his he duty. And, and then he's, like, you know, they're, like, oh, you're going to marry, like, that, 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 you know. And he's, like, look, I'm going to, like, be loyal. Like, this is what my, my world needs. Da, 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 da. I'm going to be the best damn prince husband, <laughs> you know. He uh, is. And, and I bet really he cool. is the best damn prince husband. Seems like he is so far. He's doing a really good job. Yeah. Um, We also get Axel finally comes clean with Gela and tells her the story about his dad. You know, and then he says something about like, you know, I saw that Jedi later, like we were doing something on Coruscant with my mom and I like went and said something to her and she didn't recognize me or whatever. Why would she? I'm just at like a thousand kids. None of us matter to you guys. Like, you know, I was just one more person in trouble that she saved once on a planet somewhere. Yeah. And this is the thing about yeah. Axel is that we get a lot. Of, he's, you know, sort of our morally gray character and he's in the thing is is that he's very you can kind of see how he's justified in his dislike for the jedi because mm -hmm. the way that he describes the story is like they yanked him away when he tried to like help his father who was killed on this mission and then basically told him afterwards like well that's just the will of the force and he's like what the hell yeah. like are you serious right now i mean it's basically like the same thing of them being yeah, like, like oh well thoughts and prayers peace yeah, out mean, and like that's it big time martez sisters energy no yeah yeah you know same thing oh sorry about your family peace yeah and then they don't even remember the fact that yeah, yeah this is some person that had they had this huge role they played this huge role in the biggest tragedy of this person's life it's just kind of rolls off of them yeah and that that is sad but it's also like like i don't know like from the from the even the description of the story it's like nah, dude your dad was dead bro yeah it's like what it were they supposed to do cut. let you die yeah and I'm, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm very much like on that side, but I, I get it. Um, And I guess like at the end, it kind of comes down to the same thing. Like the Marteza, it's the apathy. Yeah. Towards these people. All right, next. Um, <laughs> And that does suck. So sorry about your dad, bro. Yeah. Um, And that's when it rains. Rain finally returns to Erino and the curse is broken that they like said was going to happen or something. So like everybody's like, oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be good times from here on out. Spoilers, it was not good times from here on out. <laughs> yeah, the rain does kind of blow everybody's mind since they are on a yeah. desert planet. And they were like fighting, like as they travel to these little outposts, they've had a few like run-ins. Some of them were like fine. Some of them were like, oh, are you actually going to marry the prince? Like, you know, and then like one of them, they were fighting what they were saying. It was like they were dressed like Iram soldiers. But then they were like, but that wasn't like, I, that's not how it, I ran. Like they said, they called it the timekeeper moon. Like, that's not what, how they say it. That's what we say. And then like they get in the base and it says children of Arano. So it's like they were trying to pretend to be, the, you know, and this is like more of that stuff of like everybody's pointing the finger at everybody else. Um, yeah. A lot of treachery happening yeah. on, on both sides. Um, this is the whole part where they like are in the ship and they have to jump out and they only have three parachutes, right? We oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, and Gela yeah. throws the parachute on everybody and throws them out and is like, all right, bye-bye. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. and like Axel's like the last one to get off the ship, and he's just like, I can't. I mean, it kind of seems like he doesn't want to like leave her behind, but she's just like, Nah, man. Like, I'm. You take that parachute. I'm just gonna jump, and we're just gonna like see what happens. And then like yeah. as soon as this the moment kind of comes, she's just like not scared at all. She actually has like a little bit of this like kind of thrill seeker, like adrenaline junkie vibe happening where she's like pumped about it and she just like goes for it and jumps and she lives so yeah. that's something uh, but then when we like cut to the ground they're like and then a third shadow is walking out and you're like oh okay like there's axel except it's not axel it's gella and they're like wait what happened to the axel and then like they find him later and he's like he made friends with everybody in the forest or at the little outpost <laughs> and is like just hanging out with them drinking or something like i can't remember exactly what happened but they like find him later yeah something like that that sounds right <laughs> it's like good times uh so let's see like they sort of they finish their all their like aid and like they've gotten to know each other so much better and now like they're kind of splitting up and doing the thing so they're basically trying to find they arrest the not not cigaru no it's they they arrest the viceroy right it's like I, maybe it's the viceroy's son rev barrel is the son and, and i think he's is revealed at some point to sort of have been behind a lot yeah. of this. So they arrest him, but they're trying to find like stuff on him. And Axel's like, well, I can figure it out. And they send Gela with him. So they like fly out to this little, you know, planet asteroid bar that he hangs out on and gambles. And Gela ends up in a pit fight with other Jedi. Spoilers. <laughs> it's not other Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's somebody with a red, bl- a double bladed lightsaber who is yeah. not in fact, a Jedi, and he's not even like, I don't even think he's like a real malicious guy. I think yeah. he's a wrestler playing a character. Who's it was totally that. To be. Yeah. It was, like... it was very much the like, wait, man, I said take the fall, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's the heel. Like, yeah. and the game was fixed and he was supposed to win. And then he comes up against an actual Jedi, Gela, yeah. and he's like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. When they like leave, it's like, oh, and here came Gela, but now she has three lightsabers? What? <laughs> but basically like she wins the fight kind of but then like they're captured anyway and the girl who's like dealing with axel gives axel the blackmail info on the viceroy and then is like well thanks for the jedi or whatever we're gonna break her ha 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 and axel's like no you're not yeah and then he's like you should just leave her because like i think by this time we know that he's not as careless as we think he is yeah. like working with the mother on stuff. Yeah. And yeah. He was supposed to sabotage the Jedi and then he like doesn't want to. And so he ends up going back and saving her. He like, I don't know, like pulls the fire alarm is the right word. Oh no. I think he just like fires a blaster and people start scattering and he goes and he saves her. Yeah. First you know? he like finds the dude that's holding her lightsabers and just like kills him and takes the hilt. So we're still in a sort of morally gray area mm-hmm. with Axel. He's not quite on either end of the spectrum yet. Yeah. We're still, he's still, he's still figuring it out, yeah, which but is great. We get to go on this journey with him while he figures it out. I remember like, and this is so much more of a, it, it ends up being a little more complex, especially even me or, or to us as the reader. Cause normally when these moments happen in a book, like you get to the point where the the secret is revealed and their true intentions, motivations or whatever. And then the rest of the book, you're looking through their eyes and all their actions make sense from that point of view. I think we find out he's working with the mother before that. And then here's his chance to get rid of the Jedi and he goes back for her. Yeah. So I think like, not only is it a sign of how conflicted he is personally, but also like for us as the reader, we're like, 
we're like as lost as he is. Yeah, you know? there's also I think a couple of times where Gela sort of expresses this this uh, thing where she can't read him, and it's like yeah. you know you think of Jedi as being very in tune with not only you know their own emotions but like in tune with the the, the emotions of those around them, and mm-hmm. she cannot get a read on him. And we learn I think very much later that he has gotten very good at sort of shoving everything down. Yeah. Um. But also he's. He's just in general, he's very conflicted. He's going back and forth, I think, just in his own mind a lot throughout the story. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, it's it's really good and it's really well done. And then, like, as opposed to just sort of like flipping whatever Axel is, it just sort of makes him more complex. And I still don't sometimes understand his motivations. Yeah, like he's, no, 100%. He's, he's as much, which I mean, I guess... Like multiple times through the story, they he mentions like that he thrives in chaos. Yeah, and he loves chaos and so much. Like I think the mother even calls him chaos. That's like his, I think his code name or yeah. his alias or something for her. Yeah, it, like that kind of holds true that even he doesn't understand himself and what he really wants sometimes. Um, and that's sad. Yeah, yeah, and we get that. I mean, we definitely get that at the end. I think with like him and Fawn too, mm-hmm. when he basically takes a bullet essentially for fun too it's just like wait what like the minute you think that you have a sort of handle because at yeah. that point we've already learned what's going on between him and the mother you think you have a handle on this character in some ways and it's just you just never do he's like he's an, an anomaly and it's yeah. it's really fun to yeah. watch he, he he's like quite literal chaos <laughs> like even yeah. even the people who think that they have his motivations and his stuff under control like are not it, it, they don't <laughs> yeah exactly um, we never had mentioned his droid, but he has a little droid called QN1, and it's Quinn, and it's like just really adorable and floats around him. And multiple times throughout the story, it's it's really it's a great like sidekick. It is, and it's supposed to, I think, be a sort of like therapy droid for him. Like that's what it was given to him in the first place for. Mm-hmm. Um, Alice said that she was sort of envisioning this droid as like Lu- Lola from Kenobi, because we don't have a, a real clear idea yeah. of exactly what this QN1 droid is or what it looks like. Um, but it's actually really like, it's really funny because like multiple times, I think throughout the book, people are just like, you know, you could get a newer droid. We could get you a better, more yeah. souped up, more capable that. droid. And he's like, fuck no, dude. Uh-huh. Hell no. Quinn's my boy. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we find out that the queen that was working with Iram and, er- or the, sorry, the queen of Iram, who like was working with the mother at some point, you know, they were getting relief for a little while and then. What the what the mother wanted was them to like them to give them poison or something from the thyle fire, not the thyle from the other scorpions on Iran, which are poisonous and apparently larger. Yeah. Um, so like when I think it's like Axel when they get attacked by the scorpions that are actually poison on the other planet, he's like, "You didn't say they were bigger." So I was getting like very like aliens uh, vibes. <laughs> yes yeah a hundred percent um yeah so he's like axel is is supposedly helping fawn too who's like found out what his mother has done and is going to like destroy these research facilities yeah i love this though this ride though that they take like fawn too's like hey i need your help it's like something to do with the wedding Mm -hmm. and so they get in like his ship and he's like i have you know just drive i have no where we're going and Axel, like, asks him at one point, he's, like, when he talks about, like, you know, I want to go, I just want to, like, you know, go talk about, like, wedding things. 
And Axel's like, do you need me to like tell you what to do on your wedding? <laughs> yeah, he's like, like, should I draw you a diagram? He says. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. so good. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. This and this is again like their friendship is just so fun and so funny yeah. to and me. And like fun too is like, no. Uh so it's it's <laughs> it's nothing but good times. <laughs> oh god, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. But like I said, like the relationships, the characters, top notch in this book. Uh, I really like, it's clear we're going to see some of these characters again. And I, I hope to see the rest. Like, I don't know if we're going to see Fontu and Ziri again, but I hope they remain a big part of phase two. Oh, I'm thinking that they're going to show up because they're supposed to, at the end of it, I think they decide that they're going to, sh- they're going to be going to Jeddah oh, that's right. for some sort of signing of a treaty or some, I don't even know. Right. But I, I have a feeling that that's going to like tie in with the battle of Jeddah. I don't know. Um, yeah, in 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 a what is it? Path of Deceit. They're all talking about going to the thing on Jeddah, and then this book was called Convergence. And for some reason, I was like, "Oh, that's where everybody's going to that thing on Jeddah," and this was not that at all. Yeah, um, I think they just had like a bunch of titles on a piece of paper, and they like threw darts at it to be like, "Which one's going to be this?" And they boom, landed on Convergence, convergence somehow. Go. <laughs> Sweet. Look, yeah. I don't know what I would have called it, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. I, I don't either. I don't either. Because uh-huh. you can't take uh, Romeo and Juliet, so I don't dual, know. Dual, dual loves. Duality actually would have been a good one, yeah. I think. Um, there's another part while they're on this ship where basically Fontu kind of confronts Axel about how Axel likes Gella. And like he kind of plays it off and like doesn't get yeah. into it. But at the fact that he's just like, are you perhaps lamenting something that you can't have? And it's just cute. They're just so cute. Yeah, yeah. And this is the part where Axel is like, no! Uh, it kind of switches. He turns it around on him, so that's pretty good. He does. <laughs> a point for Fontu. Yep. Um, They're perfect. Yeah. So they go, they confront the queen at one point, or like Fontu, I, I know, confronts his mother. And it's about like all, you know, finds out that she's been deal- dealing with the mother and the path and all that. And... uh you know, but she's like, look, I, I de- I'm trying to destroy everything in these facilities and da 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 da. Um, at first it was just aid. And so they're like, but Axel stole some of the poison while they were there. And so like now he has it right. And like, in theory, this is his mission, his secret mission for the mother. Yeah. So there we get like some flashbacks, I think, of, of Axel basically being handed this mission. And I think it must be like before he takes the sting of the scorpion he somehow gets like three vials of the poison and hides it on himself before they destroy Mm. the rest of it right right and then let's see oh okay the wedding rehearsal like where that where axel and gella dance yeah that is like this is like where all the romance stuff starts to hit really hard and they have like a beautiful little conversation and this is where she's like i think he's like well if you weren't a jedi and i wasn't you know whatever i am and she's like, well, I, I'm only a Jedi. Da, 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 da. I don't even know what I would be, you know, and it's really cute and really beautiful. And then it goes to like, what does he say? Well, he's, he's, he says something like, well, maybe in another life. Yeah, you know? he's, he maybe in the next life. And then he kisses her hand, but he kind of lingers yeah. before his mother walks up and interrupts the entire thing. But building up to this, I mean, they did have like one moment at one point they're having a conversation and she like put his hand her hand on his and they had this sort of cute moment. A couple of like things mm-hmm. of those things sort of building up to this. Yeah. 
and then he asks her to dance and she first first she says no but he just says please and then she acquiesces yeah so there you go and even like when she rescues him or when he rescues her you know she's like you didn't have to come back for me yeah you know, i thought she wouldn't you're always so sad. and he's like well i'm doing what i want to and uh, i love like you know breaking people's expectations aha uh-huh. or something <laughs> she's like yeah mission accomplished uh-huh. <laughs> So like it's yeah, there's that's like a really good one. And everything is like going fine and perfect. And then he goes to his room and his droid is busted. Yeah. the And that's when the Viceroy jumps him. Yeah, I think. But Axel kills him. Yep. <laughs> Oof. Uh, yeah. And then he basically has to like escape. He goes like, I guess he he's like trying to gather the pieces. But he's like, I can't do this in time and sneak out people are you know you can already hear people are coming so he just takes the vials of poison and like runs away yeah and he has to leave the pieces of quinn behind but yeah. at this point gella has sort of sensed this disturbance in the forest based on what's just happened and she's the one who actually yeah. finds quinn and she takes the pieces yeah and gets a repair kit and puts and puts quinn back together yeah, they all put the droid back together and then they're able to watch all the stuff and they're like they learn everything about his dealings and the path and like all so they they like, they learn all of his crimes, and they're like, holy crap. Yeah, yeah. This isn't great. So the next day at the wedding, they're watching all of the guests arrive, and they notice that these guests are not dressed in formal wear. This they do not look like wedding guests. Rad. <laughs> uh, as it turns out, they're all bounty hunters, and they're all there for Axel. Yeah. So he, like, planted this little, like, tracker or something so that they would think he's there, and they end up crashing the wedding and like so Fantu and Ziri are getting married and it's all beautiful and then people are like shooting and she like grabs the blaster and she's like you know be right back babe let's do what we do or like but oh, as God, they're getting so married cute. he's like by the way I-, I am like crazy in love with you oh god their you know? like, little moment here is so great and I kept thinking that like this wedding and like the wedding rehearsal and everything the day before like it goes on for a while to the point where I'm just like have I already missed the wedding? Do we not get to like see that and hear their mm-hmm. vows? No. We, I mean, we kind of don't, but we do see this one yeah. part that is just so good where yeah. there's she, she sees one of these bounty hunters behind them because there's chaos that has broken out around them. And she's like, wait, hold on just a second. And she's like, concealed a blaster somewhere. I don't know if we want to know where. She's got yeah. it somewhere. She pulls it out, shoots them. And then they cute, and he's just like, "Yeah, I'm so in love with you." I'm like, "Oh God!" Yeah, it's like perfect. I love them. Very, very like romance warrior vibes. Very yeah. aggressive again, negotiation vibes. I'm getting so scared at this point in the book. I'm like, I swear to God, if any single one of these, Ooh. none of these, there has to be one of these people that does not make it out of this book, and I'm gonna be so mad, mm-hmm. whoever it is. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure there oh, that's, one of that's them. That's true. Would. I didn't even think about that. Uh, oh, I was terrified. Yeah. Um. And so basically she's like, she goes to her squad and he's like, you do what you do, you know, go to, and I'm going to help the people evacuate. So like they use their strengths to do their thing. And she goes and pilots her squadron and the, like the guy, the viceroy or the viceroy's son, uh, you know, is like chasing her, but he's like an older ship. And she's like, aha, she like tricks him and do like, it's almost like a, uh, like a commentary on the like blind rage and not understanding the war and like taking time to listen. And she's like, flying her ship at the ground as they're like having this conversation in the comms. And she's like, cause you can never think ahead. And then she pulls up and his old ship can't do it. And he dies. Cause he crashes into the sea. Yeah. Cause she's like, Hey, I'm on IRAM. I'm in an IRAM ship and mm-hmm. these motherfuckers can go in the water. <laughs> they're better. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Super and right. it's so great. Cause she's an Arano princess in an IRAM ship and it just is perfection. And you're, mm-hmm. you're right. I love that they 
they get married, they say their vows, the wedding bells ring, and they go their separate ways, and they play to their own strengths mm -hmm. to defend their people. And it's just so perfect. I love it. Yeah. Oh, it's like, and the the person who arrests Axel is Gela. Yeah. So she God. finds him and is like, what are you doing, dude? And he's like, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's like a little bit heartbreaking and very sad, but also like, I don't know. It's it's like bittersweet because they like air a few things out. But then she's like, I can't like there's no, you know, I know you can do whatever you want, but like I am duty bound. And like, that's it. Yeah. The, I'd like, I mean, there's they're standing in one of the towers and it starts to like the ceiling like starts to fall down on them in the midst of all of this battle that's happening around mm -hmm. them. And he t he tells her if they die, he's going to haunt her ghost for eternity again. Like these uh -huh. little like quips from Axel are so perfect. And she's like, the Jedi don't yeah. believe in ghosts. Yeah. And he's like, leave it to me to fall for a humorless Jedi. No, uh, like, he he asks her, he's like, if if you die, if we die, will you haunt me? <laughs> you know, and she's like, we don't we don't do the ghosts. And he's like, oh. and we're all like all of the, us readers are just like, um. Yeah what's a force ghost sorry is that not a thing yet for you guys that comes later okay and it's and it's all like like we like there's no good way out for them either but we're all still as readers hoping there's something <laughs> like, i know but like that's kind of like i mean i think that's the moment like he tells her leave it to me to fall for a humorless like yeah. we get the confirmation yeah. where he says it out loud to her yeah. And then he falls down unconscious and she's the one who has to like lift the rocks, if you will. Yeah. Uh, away from them to save them. So she saves him and arrests him. They, oh, what, what he did is he like destroyed the shields that basically keep the waves at bay on that planet on Iron. That's right. The dome. That's so right. So that's okay. why like the cities was crumbling and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah. And so she like was trying to stop him from destroying that one, but he's like, oh, it's actually three. And so he blows the other ones up and like, you know, they all kind of don't work when you blow them up. So that's yeah. why everything was falling apart. Um, okay. So that's like pretty much the end of everything, but there's a lot of little aftermath stuff here. So the chancellor is fine. Axel's arrested. Yeah. Uh, I, that's where you were talking to Iram and Arano are going to send the delegation to Jeddah. Well, and I can't remember at this part, what did the, the vials of poison all get destroyed because she, he tells Gela there are two more. They're each in one of the towers. And then there like might be more poison in this archive, wherever that is. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if that part of the story, I can't remember if that part of it gets cleaned up. And I don't remember them. Not. Yeah. Like once they arrest him and everything, I don't remember the, like the poison coming up again. Okay. Yeah. So well, maybe it doesn't get resolved. Remember. Yeah. Or maybe I just didn't care anybody about Gela's in Fontu and Axel. Well, I know that the part of the, like, there being more poison in the archive is definitely not resolved. So it's like, okay, well, that might come back actually later at some point in phase two, I would think. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. Um, So let's see. So we have, like, they sort of have, like, one dinner before Gela leaves. Like, yeah, Gela, she has Ziri, dinner with the couple. Too. And the, yeah, with a brand new married couple. Aww. And they're, like, all, like, very sad and hurt by Axel's actions and stuff. And they're like, and it's like, a, it's sad. I don't it know. Is. It's, it's so well done. Just like the character stuff is so well done. Like it's yeah. hard to say anything about it with just repeating the book verbatim. <laughs> um, you know uh, what I mean? Like, I don't know how to describe a hurt scene other than redo the chapter. 
Yeah, yeah, which everybody should just read the book, honestly. Yeah, 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 do that. But um, they do tell her, like, hey, you know, we're going to go to Jeddah, we're going to sign this treaty, like, why don't you come, we'll hang out, we'll have a little reunion, and she tells them basically no, that yeah. she's being called elsewhere. So um, we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, so she goes to see the Chancellor, and the Chancellor, or, no, she doesn't go to, I think she goes to see her master. Is it, or not her master, but is it, is it, she goes to see either Charrel Roy or Creighton's son, one of the masters that was there on the mission. And they are like, by the way, Greylark gave you his ship, the Eventide, Axel's ship. And they were yeah, like, the they Chancellor gives her the ship. Yeah, like they didn't want his like stupid friends to have it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's pretty good. Um, oh yeah. So she gets the Eventide. She gets her own ship, which yeah. is very nice. And then she like announces that she's going to be a wayseeker. And I yeah. think it's like, it might be son. Cause he's like, Oh, I will announce it to the, to the, to the, you know, council or whatever like that. Yeah. She says that she's going to go to Coruscant to tell the council. And he tells her that he's happy for her, for her. And he supports her. And that I think maybe yeah. he, he says like, I'll go with you or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But very much like I will put the word out. You have my vote or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how wayseeking works. But very much like she's going to go do her own thing uh, and find that duty along that seam, I guess. I don't know. And then the very like last epilogue is Axel on the prison ship. Yeah, I was very surprised to get an epilogue in this book. I kind of yeah. thought like, oh, we've sort of wrapped everything up. It's just and it was a nice little bow on top of everything. But mm -hmm. it all takes place in Axel's cell. Yeah. And he's still kind of like not like quite plotting, but like figuring out whatever he's going to do. And it's very like, and he's like, well, you know, like I did say they don't want me in prison because I'll just end up running the place. <laughs> so like it leave like it's very clear that he's going to be doing something. And obviously he's on the cover of the next book. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the mother does somehow manage to get a message to him within That's the prison yeah. where she tells him, do you now see what comes of trusting a Jedi? Like, this is what you get. She says, but I promise I have not abandoned you, my chaos. Mm -hmm. And he spends his time picking fights when he's bored in yeah. the jail. And he thinks of Gela. He tries not to, but yeah. he thinks about her. And I love that. He, he really like, they mentioned it a few times. They call it like pressing the bruise. Yeah. He very yeah. much like, you know, like goes back to these points of hurt to give himself energy or whatever. Or, yeah. And for a long time, that bruise was basically what happened, what went down with his yeah. father. And now it's essentially this, these sort of unresolved and, you know, unrequited feelings for Gela. Yeah. Beautiful book. Uh, phase two is like three for three so far. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Axel, I have no idea what direction this character goes. And this is like the most open-ended a character could be. Because in the damn book, I didn't know what he was going to do next. Yeah. Yeah. He was very hard to predict. And we're, I'm not saying we're in like exactly the same spot as we were in the beginning with his story. But mm -hmm. we're still very, there's still so much conflict with him mm -hmm. where it's really hard to predict where his story is going to go. But I will say this, he, number one, he looks younger on this cover of cataclysm than he sounds in the audiobook, <laughs> And that I sort of interpreted, but he, and also what do we think? What do we think planet this is? This isn't Coruscant. Uh, no, that he's I don't on. Know. 
It looks like there's water maybe in the background, so maybe yeah. he's back on Iram. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, those are domes. <laughs> yeah, and he's got what looks like one of Gela's lightsabers. Yeah. So I'm like, she must be coming back into the story at some point, and that's what has me scared for the Battle of Jeddah, because I'm like, how is he coming out of the Battle of Jeddah, number one, alive, and number two, with one of her sabers? Right, right. Uh, yes, that's very worrying. Yeah. Uh, that was the first thing that I noticed, too. I was like, well, that's one of Gela's sabers. Yeah. Um, not not happy about that. No. Um, so... I don't know. I'm going to go in with um, low expectations as to uh, who's going to survive. Uh, to be fair, she had an extra saber. She does. She, she does did. have two. Yeah. She did. Like she still has two. Because uh, she stole that other guys from from the pit fighting or whatever. Oh, that's right. I forgot about so, that. You know, although, like, if I, if I was her, I would have been like, hey, you could take this one. Yeah. But maybe she was like, maybe she was feeling a little more romantic and being like, take mine. Like, these are that way we can always, you know hear each other's hearts or something i'll be a part of you forever you, you can have one time. of my sabers yes when you want to poke the bruise squeeze the saber <laughs> I don't know. uh Aww. the op the path of the open hand who are shaping up to be quite conniving yeah quite the adversaries in this phase yeah and but there's still so much like cloak and daggery that i still don't really know what their ultimate goal is other than like they clearly got beef with the jedi and they yeah, like, and like at this, yeah, we know that like they have, they already have access to the leveler. We know that. Yeah, we know that the mother is out there, sort of having other people, other members of her like children collect other force artifacts. To what end, we don't know. And we basically have them on the gaze electric. Now they're mobile. Now they're like now they can go oh, anywhere right. yeah, yeah, yeah. and and cause whatever havoc they want to anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, and we also have the unresolved thing where now the mother has somebody on the inside working against her in the herald who mm -hmm. basically wants to install marta as the head of this and we cult. also have marta going to jedda to this whatever whatever this convergence is yeah of all the force people going to to jedda so uh yeah i think they're i, I still feel like they're the big bad slash major you know uh, anti good people antagonists yeah well then we go. also now they've got this like poison or they the knowledge oh, yeah. at least of the poison which is what they were after mm -hmm. through this entire book convergence so not sure where that's gonna come back into play but yeah it's we're not totally sure what their motivations are to what end we just yeah. know that they don't like the jedi and they think the force should be free and should not be used by the jedi so right. that's I don't know. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like I said, it, it's like super high chances that we're going to see Axel, who's on the cover of the book, and uh, Gela again. But I really hope to see Fontu and uh, Ziri again also. I do too, and I hope nothing bad happens to them, because if they do, I don't know if I can go on. I yeah. just... I need them to be together and be happy. How and dare, I know that they probably won't be, but... <laughs> how dare you try to make me cry. Right? Star I'm War. like... Oh, I just... I really... I really love them. I really... I just enjoyed the absolute shit out of this book. Um, My one complaint, though, was with the audiobook component was the mother's <laughs> voice differed quite a bit in mm -hmm. this book than it 
shit like, from Path of it, Deceit. In Path of Deceit, oh, De- Deceit, it's so like, even the description in the, the, the words, it's like, it was so like melodic and her way of like speaking was very like beautiful. And then in this book, it's very like Southern. I, I don't yeah. know how to say it, but maybe no, that's No, I mean, it. that's that's pretty much it. I mean, like, yeah. so in like the Path of Deceit audiobook, it's like, number one, it's a it's a woman who narrates it. So it's obviously mm-hmm. very different than, right, than right. Mark Thompson's interpretation. But the fact that she has like, she kind of talks in this like high pitched, like quick voice. Like it's very right. like straightforward, but very high pitched. Mm-hmm. And then like, and it's an American accent, like a pretty much mm-hmm. pretty straight American accent. And then in the audiobook of this of uh, Convergence, it's got this southern twang to it, yeah. and it is weird. It is weird, and it it's fine. It didn't work for me. It'll probably work for some people, but it was I don't know interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, make sure you're checking out all these books. I will be recording a podcast on Path of Deceit. I mean, hopefully you'll have heard that before you hear this one, but we'll see what happens. You never know. Yeah, that's that's my thing with this. Like, Alice and I were having this argument where she was like, you need to read Path of Deceit. It's a really good book, number one. She thinks that you kind of need that background for this book. I think that you can read them in either order. Yeah. I think you do need Path of Deceit. Everyone should read it. Number one, it's very good. And mm-hmm. you do need the context of the Path of the Open Hand. But I think you could get away with reading it after yeah, this you book. Yeah, totally could. Like, all, like, you know, you don't have to know what the Path of the Open Hand is doing, just knowing that they're shady. Yeah, And then like maybe reading that book and sort of that putting you on your guard and introducing you more to them might be kind of interesting to do the other way, actually. Um, yeah. And it's a fast read, too. I mean, if you've already right. if you know, if you're listening to this because you've already gotten through Convergence, like it's going to be a quick read for you to go back and read mm-hmm. Path of Deceit. And then we'll be in January and then we'll have Battle of Jeddah. And I just feel like you're going to want to have that context by then. But I mean, I don't know. No idea. Right. For sure. What did they announce? Didn't they announce the, uh, they showed the cover for, what is it, Battle Scars? Did you see that today? Ooh, no. I don't think, I had an insane day, so I didn't see anything oh, on Twitter today. I can bring it up. Uh, well, it was announced on Twitter, so, you know, go check it out. And it's like, um, it's basically like the cast of the Mantis, the Mantis crew, but like the fifth brother is on there too. Oh. So, you know, people are like, whoa, he's going to be everywhere. Look at him go. Um. You know, but I mean, that makes sense. Inquisitors after Jedi. And also (laughs) that dude just, yeah. I'm so excited for this because I am not a gamer and I unfortunately will never be able to play these Fallen Order games. So Mm -hmm. I'm very excited to have my own, um, what's Cal Kestis. I'm excited to be able to get to participate in the Cal Kestis conversation by way of this book. So very pumped for that. That says March 7th is when that comes out yes um and i guess yeah like so i'm already diving into the comic yesterday they released the uh number one of the high republic adventures which is like padawan sav malagan and it's like super dope i've heard very very good things um i think since the last time you and i talked issue two came out of the of the main run of the comics Mm -hmm. i haven't read it yet i did buy it download it i just haven't had a chance to sit down and read it yeah yeah I've, I've went, I think I've read, I like reread number one and then went to number two again. So far, it's like pretty cool and enjoyable, but I'm still waiting to see like what we're doing and where we're going. Yeah. You know? It's sometimes easier when there's 
like a couple of issues out that yeah. you can kind of sit back and like read them all and then you you get a better handle i think on the characters yeah, like, when it's these short little chapters like this it's kind of hard to remember everything when they're a month at a time coming out exactly like comic books are so uh they're so like small like bite size you need to get like the whole thing but i like keep like and it's a uh, it's especially more difficult in these new series where you don't know the characters yet yeah exactly you know? we'll get there though yeah we will be there soon. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show and talking books with me. Thank you so much for having me, Sal. This is amazing. I am very much enjoying our book conversations. This yes. is so fun. So we're going to make it a thing. It's totally I love it. Uh, yeah. Just make sure you're following us on the web. Make sure you're, uh, I don't know, Spotify playlisting us because I got a High Republic playlist. Go check it out. It's going to have this on it, which will also be included on my books and stories playlists. Um, nice you know try to keep it i try to keep it clean i try to try to do everything nice and have everything organized for people so um yeah good times um yeah that's it podcast over we love these four characters (laughs) (laughs) yes we do unconditionally exactly even though one of them's in jail Mm -hmm. (laughs) still love him i don't care he's so likable he is. It's really sad and disappointing. It's like, yeah. oh, man, you had it all. You just kinda, except the girl. Yeah, Don't know if almost. he was ever going to get the girl, Ooh, but yeah. we'll see. That's rough. I get it. The fate of all Jedi for control of the Force itself.